In this episode of Locked On Capitals, the Washington Capitals make history by signing the first ever full-time female coach. The Washington Capitals release their preseason schedule. And then we talk about the free agents that are on the Capitals and what their future is. We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check that out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, the Washington Capitals made history, and I got to say, I'm proud of them for being the first team in the NHL to hire a full time coach. Um, you know, it's uh, many uh, advances have been made with women in sports. Uh, the New York Rangers are having a female coach run their development camp. Uh, for example, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have an assistant coach that's female. So many great strides um, are being made with women in sports. And I think it's about time. If you take a look at all the other advancements that have been made in uh, recent times, I think that women in professional sports, it's about time for that to happen. Um, as I can say, I have two daughters at home and I would hate uh, for them to feel like they couldn't do what they wanted to do because they're girls. So, you know, just, you know, these women have achieved a certain level of success and there's no reason why they can't do the same job or the job that they want to do. They shouldn't be feeling like they're held back because uh, they're women. So in this article in The Athletic, they talked about the Capitals promoted Emily engel to video coordinator on Thursday, making her the first woman to be hired as the NHL coach in the fran- franchise's 47-year history. Um, already, She had already become the first woman hired as a coach in the organization history when she became the video coach of the Hershey Bears Washington, Washington AHL affiliate Hershey Bears in 2020. After spending the past two seasons in Hershey, she will now work alongside longtime assistant coach, video coach Brett Leonhart, and replaces Jared Ellenberger, who left to pursue other opportunities. So his loss is someone else's gain in this case. And, uh, you know, good for her. Um, you know, she uh, got this job based on merit. Um, she uh, did a really great job with uh, Hershey Bears. And uh, I mean, that's great that the Washington Capitals were looking at the kind of job that she did. And uh, they did the right thing and they promoted her to that position. Uh, Engel Natsky is the first woman to be hired as a full-time coach in NHL history, according to the NHL's Coaches Association. It's obviously really exciting. She said this week, my time in Hershey has been awesome. And I think it really prepared me for this opportunity. 
And, uh, you know, it's just these stepping stones in professional sports. Like I talked about the female coach that is running the New York Rangers training camp. There is the the assistant coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now we have um, uh, the video coach for the Washington Capitals. That's just off the top of my head. Those are the teams that I'm familiar with. I'm sure there's plenty of other ones, but <clears throat> excuse me, those are the ones that I am familiar with. Um, so just really great progress in these times that, um, you know, these women, they're achieving at their level. You're seeing more women involved in broadcasting. That's another one that comes to mind. Uh, you're having uh, women that are doing play-by-play in games and that kind of thing. So um, things are just looking really promising uh, for women in professional sports and sometimes venturing to sports that, you know, were typically quote-unquote guy sports or, you know, it's always been men as broadcasters or men as coaches. Uh, you know, women breaking through um, and, uh, taking those jobs that they earned, you know, they did the same thing that the guys did and, you know, in some cases even better. So good for them for doing that. You know, like I said, just, you know, it kind of gives you a new perspective, uh, having two daughters at home. Like I say, I would hate for them to ever feel like they couldn't get a job or do something that they wanted to do, uh, just because they're women or girls. Uh, it's ridiculous to me. So I'm really proud of the Capitals. I'm, I'm proud of the Rangers and the Buccaneers, for example, for just taking this initiative to to you know think bigger and not kind of throw away those old school uh, ways of thought here. So um, Engelnatsky's passion for hockey began as a youth player in Fort Collins, Colorado. It ultimately led her to the club team at the University of Colorado, where she majored in film studies. But as her classmates pursued movie industry jobs in Los Angeles and New York, she took a video coaching position with the USA Hockey uh, at the 2013 World University Games. And, you know, just kind of stepping stones in her career that uh, got her to where she was. A couple of years later, she was hired as the video coach for the men's and women's teams at Wisconsin, where she worked under Badgers head coach Tony Granado, um, whom she credited with pushing her to follow her NHL dreams. Uh, and in the uh, video presser that they had a couple days ago, uh, Peter Laviolette was asked about it, and he was familiar with a head coach. Uh, the Badgers team. And he asked, and you know, what kind of coach is she? And of course he spoke uh, well of her. So that's how she ended up getting the job. Uh, Brian McClellan ended up telling her that she got the job. Um, He was really, he was really key in helping me learn and grow and push to be an NHL style video coach with heavy workload, long hours. She said, once I started working with him, I felt like the dream could become a reality after six seasons in Madison and a couple more international tournament assignments with Team USA, uh, Engelnatsky got her first pro gig when she was hired in Hershey in 2020. It wasn't long before her work ethic and eye for detail put her on the radar for promotion. And, uh, you know, like I say, just uh, kind of working her way up through the system. Caps head coach Peter Laviolette said Engelnatsky is the best person for the job, which entails cutting and editing video and team presentations, pre-scouts of opponents, as well as video breakdowns for individual players, among other duties. And you got to think that the sky's the limit. You know, she's a video coach uh, at this moment right now, but I ultimately think that you're going to see a female head coach in professional sports. I think it's only a matter of time. I think that it's just kind of, in a lot of ways, baby steps to getting to that point. But these are the trailblazers that are doing it. You know, like the the women that I mentioned earlier, you can put her in the same category um, as someone that um, will be marked as one of the first to 
um, inject women into um, professional sports as um, head coaches or broadcasters or whatever the case may be. So just a really great moment for women, um, for the NHL and the Washington Capitals, to be honest with you. So I'm just, like I say, really proud of this team for being one of the first. And uh, I look for uh, more, bigger and better things to come. All right. So after the break here, we're going to talk about uh, some of the free agents are out there. And then we're going to talk about the schedule that was released. Uh, Yes, I know this is July, but, you know, it's not too early to start thinking about hockey in the fall and what's going to happen July 13th. So many dominoes are going to start to fall here soon. Like I said, if you're smart, you got to turn on your notifications for Locked On Capitals, of course, uh, but also Elliot Friedman and Darren Dreger. I think that you're going to start to see a lot of moves happen here quickly. All right, betonline.net is the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action Bet online where the game starts. All right, so welcome back to this edition of Locked On Capital. So, in this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the preseason schedule. You know, like I said, this is July, we got the 4th of July coming up here, but it's not too early to start thinking about hockey and what's going to happen this fall. After bowing out of the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs to the Florida Panthers, the Washington Capitals are set to embark on their next campaign. The Capitals announced their 2022-23 preseason schedule Friday. The slate begins with a home matchup against the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday, September 25th at Capital One Arena. Washington then heads off for three nights uh, straight road games with preseason eventually culminating with a final home game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. On Saturday, October 8th, here's the full schedule listed below. This was listed on NBC Sports Washington, and uh, this was kind of leaked a little bit earlier because other teams uh, had released their preseason schedule. And of course, when you looked at it, you saw the Capitals as opponents. So I think that the Capitals kind of rushed this into production. Um, because, you know, for a while there, they were one of the last teams it seems like to put it out because I saw the Capitals on the other team's schedules. So I think they kind of felt compelled to, you know, not be behind uh, in this case. So there's a lot of questions that, need, uh, you know, need to be answered before the start of next season. But just looking at it, Sunday, September 25th versus Buffalo, the 28th at Philadelphia, that's always a good game. It's always a physical game against the Flyers. And then um, Friday, September 30th against the Detroit Red Wings. Of course, they have a new coach. And I think, you know, uh, a different outlook for that team. Um, if you take a look at the Red Wings, you know, I know that they've struggled the last couple seasons. Uh, but I think that this is a team that is on the upward swing. They have an upward trajectory, as you could say. This Red Wings team um, was a dynasty for many years, um, just playing really well. And they kind of ran up against a brick wall, you know, where they had all these veteran players and then they either traded them away or uh, they retired. And then they were stuck with what was ever left. And in that many cases, that was young and inexperienced players. And subsequently, they haven't been good for a few years. 
And then Saturday, October 1st, they play at Columbus. That's always another physical series as well. Then Wednesday, October 5th versus Detroit again. And then finishing it off October 8th versus the Blue Jackets at Capital One Arena. Uh, And if you get the opportunity to make it to one of those games, usually you can go to preseason games a little bit cheaper. So if you're looking to go see the Washington Capitals and see some of the young players, because no doubt you're going to see some of the players from Hershey, you know, like Leeson and Protus. You know, perhaps Hendricks Lapierre, you know, Scarboza, um, Vecchioni. There's so many different players that you can probably plan on seeing in some of those preseason games. And you're going to see that's going to be a good testing ground to see what those players are made of. Many of those players are going to earn their spot on this team. As you know, Nick Backstrom had that hip resurfacing procedure done and is going to miss a good chunk, if not the whole of next season. And then Tom Wilson, who we won't expect to see back until December. So there is going to be a really... um, It's going to be a big battle, shall we say, in training camp. I think bigger than we've seen in years past, uh, just because there are are holes in the lineup. And if you take a look at the left-hand side of the Washington Capitals defense, uh, um, there's um, not a lot of... um, uh, filling out those positions either. If you take a look at it, Alexiev was slated to be in there, but as we know, Alexiev is going to be out four to five months. Um, But there is the possibility that Lucas Johansson can finally get his spot on the big team on the Washington Capitals. As we've talked about, this team needs to get younger and faster. And, uh, you know, I think that it's time for Lucas Johansson to finally earn his spot on this Washington Capitals team. I know that he has put in his time, so I think it is about the right time to put him in, in there. But I think that ultimately the Washington Capitals are going to have to go out um, and pick up a veteran. They're going to have to pick up, you know, I think like I've talked about, they're going to have to go and pick that veteran number one netminder. I think they're going to have to solidify the defensive core for the Capitals. I know that we have some young talent, but we don't really know if they're cut out for the jobs. I'd like to think they are, but training camps will be a proving ground for that. And then I think that we need to go out there and look for the center that is going to replace Nick Backstrom. I know I'd like to think that that they have that kind of player in Hershey, but do they? Um, I'm not so sure if they do or not. I know that the Washington Capitals have Connor McMichael, who can play center and wing. Um, And, you know, it's kind of hard to judge Connor McMichael and what they have in him at this point. Uh, If you take a look at him, you know, he was scratched at some points uh, during the season. So it's hard to get a real accurate reading as to what they have in Connor McMichael. Um, But I think that this would be a good season for him to kind of earn a spot, a more regular spot on the Washington Capitals lineup, not being watching the game up in the press box, but actually playing it out on the ice. So I think that, you know, a lot of these players that you've heard around the Capitals organization, you know, that play in Hershey and then they vacillate between Hershey and the Washington Capitals, this is their chance to make their big break. You know, there's also the possibility that the Capitals could lose out on Lars Eller. Um, just because I think that they have, um, you know, someone that could fill in on, on the AHL Hershey Bears, you know, that could fill that spot. You know, Connor McMichael comes to mind for that one as well. Um, But, uh, you know, you also hear the other big names out there. The Washington Capitals gave new contracts to Beck Malenstein and Leeson. So it's obvious to me that the Capitals are going in that direction. They want to get younger, and it seems like they're making baby steps in that direction. Like I've talked about before, though, there were certain agreements made with Alex Ovechkin before he signed that if he does in fact sign, 
that he's going to play on a competitive team. So I don't think you're going to see a total tear it down to the studs rebuild that you see in a lot of other cities. It's tempting, I got to say. But if you take a look at the Washington Nationals, it's a bit sobering as to how those things can go wrong as well. Um, So I think that what they're going to have to do is just kind of plug and play uh, players in before they just kind of go in and make rash decisions um, about um, how they're going to proceed. You can't just trade away all your big name players and hope that's going to turn out for the best. Like I talked about in the last episode with the crossover episode with Locked On Penguins is I think that you know, you're going to have to do it prudently. You're going to have to um, just, you're going to have to try to pick up those big free agents. And you're also going to have to see what you have in Hershey. Um, but you don't want to have just this tear it down to the studs uh, where you're just struggling for years on end. That's never a good situation. And I don't think that the Washington fan base right now really has the stomach um to go through another big rebuild like that, or just to watch, you know, this team toil in the wilderness for a a long period of time. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk about the free agents that are on the Washington Capitals. Where do they fit in? Um, There's some big decisions that need to be made. Of course, we've talked about that. They need to address the net mining situation, but what other players are out there? We'll talk about that after the break. All right, welcome back to this edition of Locked On Capitals. So in this edition, in this final segment, we're going to talk about some of the free agents, the UFAs that are on the Washington Capitals of the Capitals' five UFAs, defensemen Justin Schultz, Michael Kempney, and Matt Irwin, as well as forwards Marcus Johansson and Johan Larson. Schultz is probably the toughest situation to handicap. He turns 32 next month and saw his role reduced in the second season of an expiring two-year $8 million deal. The top-heavy caps aren't in a position to pay a third-pair defenseman $4 million per. Would Schultz take less in order to stay? If so, how much less? It's unclear, writes Tarek Elbashir in The Athletic. And uh, I don't, ultimately, I think that the Capitals kind of want to go in that direction. I know that Schultz is an okay defenseman, but I think that there's a better option out there. And, uh, you know, I don't think the Capitals want to get caught up in paying him another big contract. Even if he is willing to take, you know, less of a deal, I think that's too much. You know, I think if you take a look at Schultz's numbers, they were okay. They weren't standout, or I don't think that they warranted a big contract. So I think that ultimately it would be, like I say, a good idea for them to move on. Do they have that defenseman in Hershey, or do they need to make a big move on July 13th and swing for the fences and pick up that big defenseman? Time will only tell. And then you take a look at Michael Kempney. Michael Kempney is not the same Michael Kempney that we remember from a few years ago. Uh, He's never really been quite the same since he sustained that major injury. And uh, I don't think, you know, I just don't think that he has a spot on the Capitals. And to be honest with you, I don't know if he even has a spot in the NHL. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he finds a job in the AHL or if he hangs up the skates altogether. It just seems like, You know, Kempney, when he first came to the team, he was on fire in a real breath of fresh air. But like I say, he suffered that major injury and he's never been quite the same. Um, If you think about a lot of players that have uh, suffered uh, the same thing or, you know, the same situation where they never come back the same. Think of Tom Pody. Um, That's a name that you probably haven't heard of for quite a while, but he was the same way where he missed you know, a big, big chunk of, of time. And then when he came back, everyone was all excited that he was going to come back, but guess what? Wasn't the same player. So 
I, I think that ultimately the Capitals will end up moving on from um, Michael Kempney. And uh, as to no surprise here, I think that the Capitals will also move on from Matt Irwin. You know, Matt Irwin's one of the guys that I think that ultimately if the Caps could get as, you know, a real depth player, you know, a guy that's um, okay with um, being a healthy scratch, um, you know, you do need these guys because what happens is injuries occur. We all know that injuries occur. Um, so if you can find a player that is adequate enough to play, you know, in the NHL and you can get him on the cheap and a player that's okay, you know, with only playing maybe a few games a year, um, then I think that maybe Irwin is an option to keep around. But, you know, I think that, you know, if you look at Schultz, I don't think that he's going to be okay with, um, you know, playing that kind of role. And also, um, he's going to be uh, demanding a lot higher dollar. So you're not going to want to pay a guy that kind of money uh, and have him sitting on the bench. Another one that comes to mind on this list, too, is Marcus Johansson. Um, you know, I understand what they were thinking when they picked him up. And I think, you know, there's a certain Capitals fans that thought back, oh, I remember Marcus Johansson and what a great player he is and was. And, you know, he still is a pretty good hockey player, I got to say, but he's not the same guy that he was years ago. None of us are. Uh, he's gotten older. And I got to say that, you know, if the Capitals, in fact, want to go in that direction of getting younger and faster, I don't think that Marcus Johansson um, is fitting that script. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know what the future is for him, to be honest with you. I think that he'll probably end up being a depth player on some team. Um, ever since he's left the Capitals the first time, he's kind of bounced around the league. And uh, the Capitals got him on the trade deadline. And it was a bit lackluster, I got to be honest with you. I mean, part of me is like, yeah, Marcus Johansson, I remember him. But then I'm like, meh, that doesn't get me too excited either. And then the final person on that list is Johan Larson. And Johan Larson was a guy that they signed ultimately to fill in for Carl Hagelin um, because he suffered that major eye injury. The status of Hagelin is unknown at this time. Um, ultimately, I don't think he'll be coming back to the Capitals. I just don't see it happening. I don't know if he'll ever come back to playing professional hockey again. Um, I don't, I haven't, you know, heard any update on him as of late, but the last I heard is that he still cannot see 100% out of that eye. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to play hockey in that condition. So, you know, there's a lot of questions that remain to be answered about that one is why don't they have, um, players in the NHL wear the, f the full frontal, uh, face guard, you know, and I know that some people are saying, well, that looks horrible and it's not a good look, but if you just take a look at all the injuries over time, you take a look at the broken noses, the eyes that are messed up, the teeth that are missing, who cares? Just have them put on the front face shield. It works in, in college. You know, if you ever watch college hockey, they, they make them wear them. So why not in the NHL, um, you know, just protect these guys. I mean, what's the, I mean, that's ultimately what we want is we want these guys to play hockey. And if you take a look at Carl Hagelin, for example, he may never play hockey again because he got hit in the face. He got hit up high with a stick. And, uh, you know, it was at practice. It wasn't even in a real game. So, you know, that's got to be a tough uh, pill for him to swallow. Um, but ultimately, that's what I'm saying is I think the Capitals, um, that's what they need to do is they need to make that big acquisition on a free agency coming up here. And I think that they will make those big moves. I think that number one, like I've talked about, they need to pick up that net, net minder. Number two, they need to work on the left-hand side of the defense. And number three, I do think they need to um, get that player that's going to fill in for Nick Backstrom and also probably some depth forwards as well. So I think that Brian McClellan and company have their work cut out for them because if this Capitals team 
wants to compete next year. They want to make it to the playoffs, number one. And number two, if they want to make a deep run into the playoffs, they need to make some big acquisitions. They need to shake it up a little bit uh, because we all saw what we had on the ice this past year. And I think that, you know, anyone that watched the Capitals, it's they lost a bit of a skip in their step. And uh, I think, like I said, if they want to be competitive next year, some changes are going to have to be made. All right. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, and I'll talk to you again next time.